Hello, extraordinary people, and welcome to the Not So Ordinary Minds podcast, the only podcast on the internet dedicated to promoting STEM careers for young people with disabilities. For this episode, we will be compiling free career opportunities for young people with various learning and physical disabilities, as well as just generally great opportunities that are not specifically for people with disabilities, but that we still think would be great for you to still take advantage of. Just go on Not So Ordinary Minds slash resources, the link should be in the description below. Today's episode hits weirdly close for me and for a lot of you I'm assuming as well. But it's on how you can get into science, or rather, how to go through your STEM journey because that's what this podcast is really about. We want to help you achieve your goals in the easiest way possible. Because honestly, we really don't need that stress in our lives when it's already pretty unmanageable. So, how do we get into science? And I love the little without being a genius in brackets, because I'd really like to start with that. What do we mean by without being a genius, quote unquote? I'm sure some of you have felt in your lives that you were inadequate in some way. You know that moment where you're talking to your friends about how the test just went and everyone says it went really well, so you just agree with them, but secretly you're dying inside, right? Yeah, I've done that way too many times and I hate it. It's kind of funny, isn't it? How we all just feel like we have to agree with others in fear of standing out. And I think it's fair to do that. It's human nature. But I feel like sometimes it makes us feel like, for lack of a better word, stupid. And this does not only apply to people with learning differences, it applies to everyone really. We always compare ourselves to others. So when we see those who are acing all their exams or passing with flying colours, we think that they are just naturally a genius. So therefore we can never reach the same level as they do. However, that is never true. In fact, I'd argue that being a natural genius doesn't even exist. Because in my experience, the most important thing in doing well academically is 90% just working hard. But not just working hard for the sake of working hard, but to also work smart. And that's where the main point of this episode really lies. How can you work smart to achieve your goals? be them in science or in any other career path really. This information should be relevant whatever you do. Okay, enough of my tangent. How can you get into a science career? The brackets mainly meaning without the stress. Also, a little bit of a disclaimer. All the information I'm going to be talking about here is merely just the opinion of myself and a bunch of my other colleagues. I am by no means the gatekeeper of all knowledge. But if you feel like there's something else that we've missed, we would love to be able to add it and update it for future episodes because we really want to bring you the most up-to-date and useful information. So if you feel like there's anything that I've missed out over the course of this episode, please drop us a line. We would really love to hear your thoughts. Our contact information is always available on our website. Okay, point number one, choosing the right subjects. First, 
let's examine getting into university and A-level choices. Of course, in order to get into your preferred choice of course, you need to take the right A-levels. Some people loathe this decision, and others have known since they were practically conceived. I'm just going to say, wherever you are in this process, it's okay. You take the decision that is best for you. No one else has to do those A-levels, GCSEs or IBs but yourself. So just take the decision with care. However, it is important to know that some things are set in stone depending on what career you really want. Since you're listening to a podcast about STEM, I'm going to take a real stretch here and assume you're wanting to take such taking a science A-level. Don't worry, I'm just kidding. Your decision is a great and somewhat stressful one, as I'm sure you've potentially heard of how awful your decision is. Don't listen to anyone, focus on yourself. Only you will be taking these subjects. Make sure you're taking the right combinations too. For medicine, chemistry and biology are must. For engineering, perhaps maths and further maths. This applies to humanity as well. You want to go for law? English slash history is likely on your list. But maybe you're still unsure about which subjects you should be considering. Well, have no fear. Our team is currently working on a resource page on our website that will hopefully have useful links to these subject generator websites where all you have to do is enter career paths you're interested in and it'll give you a couple of suggestions for A-levels. I think that the uni guide has a really good one that you should check out, but there may be others too. So taking advantage of those would definitely be a top tip for the decision process. Okay, now for point number two, which is honestly just an extension of point number one, but now we are focusing more on those combinations. Generally, you'll find out that most of the requirements for degree courses will only take up two of your A-level choices, but now you have a pesky third choice. The most important thing that I would tell anyone is just please do not do more than three subjects. Never do four, unless you do further maths. I do not see any other reason ever to do four. Please, please, please do not fall into the trap of I want to get into Cambridge, so I need four A-levels. No, you actually really don't. They even explicitly say on their website. Why am I so adamant about this? Remember what I said about working hard and smart? Here, doing four A-levels would just be working hard. And if you're anything like me, I really hate hard work. So it is far easier for most people to manage three A-levels rather than four. Three A stars are always better than four A's. You see, the maths really just doesn't add up with four A-levels. Don't do it, save your life. However, if you're part of that unlucky few who go to a school where you have to do four A-levels if you do further maths, then my main advice would be to choose a fourth subject that will not really hinder the other three that you're already forced to do. Preferably something quantitative as well, or maybe an essay subject to balance the things out. The choice is really yours, as long as it won't make the other A-levels extremely unmanageable. So I really would not suggest taking history or taking English along with further maths and maths because those are two extremely content heavy subjects that will more than likely overwhelm you with an incredibly high amount of maths. And now onto point number three and my favourite point, internship slash work experience. 
The main thing that I highly suggest that you take advantage of is work experience and internship opportunities. These are literally gold. They will help you gain an insight onto what life is like working in your aspiring career, which at the same time helps making those decisions on A-level or degree choices. Even if you don't know whether or not you'd like to go into a particular field, try it out anyway. I once did an internship in engineering, and although it was an amazing and intellectually challenging experience, it definitely told me that engineering was really not the right path for me, which would have definitely been heresy to me beforehand. Things can really change after you experience them firsthand. Some of the best companies in the world are really eager to get young people interested in them, which is why so many of them offer opportunities for you to get an insight into working. This also includes people who require any form of accommodations. From this, in the UK, it is possible to have what is called a supported internship. These are amazing programs offered by various charities and companies. Essentially what they do is provide you with an internship slash work experience that comes with more individualized support for your necessary accommodations. What could that look like? Well, that could mean less time pressure if you're more of a deep thinker than a fast thinker like me, or other more simple things such as more one-on-one -on -one mentorship to ensure that you're never just left behind and can make the most out of your experience. Of course, not everyone feels that they have the need for any extra accommodations, even if they have a disability, and that's okay. You're all equally as qualified to participate in anything, along with your neurotypical peers. Which is why we'll be providing links in our website to all types of opportunities that we think will be a great start to a career in science whether you're interested in medicine, engineering, pharmacy, anything. We're just looking to highlight other options that are also out there, that are unfortunately not talked about as often. And honestly, that is a real crime because the supported internship sounds so great. And I know a few people who might have really benefited from something like this if they had known about it sooner. And now we're going into our point number four, which is researching the best universities for your subject. This, I feel like, is a really underrated strategy amongst students, because many people say things like, oh, I want to get into Durham for chemistry, or I want to go to Cambridge for physics. But in reality, those universities may not be as specialised or even as highly ranked in those particular subject areas. Maybe the best university for you is actually Imperial for Chemistry, or maybe it's really Oxford for Physics, and Loughborough for Economics. Everything is really relative. So what we're really trying to say here is just do your research. Don't just stop at subjects themselves though, but also look at work placements and alumni destinations. Most universities will publish this data so that it's freely available for you to look at. This is really helpful because it might make your university decision list a lot more easier to manage. For example, not as many people may want to apply to Warwick as much as Imperial, but Warwick may be just as good in engineering outcomes, which saves you having to prepare for the more competitive application process than Imperial often has. By simply looking at university admissions in this strategic way can save you time and effort. So my mantra always is, work smart rather than harder.
I'm going to keep saying that a lot. But it is true. And finally, into our final point, number five, revise slash prepare for your exams. I seem to be emphasizing exams a lot, but we really do not want you to be stressing about them. I'll go into more detail in our future episodes while we purely focus on this, so stay tuned for that. But essentially, always start early, especially if you have a unit entrance exam, such as BMAT or PAT. Doing your research and knowing what you have to do in order to achieve all of your goals puts you far ahead of your peers already. Trust me when I say that, because this may result in several useful quote-unquote hacks that me and my colleagues have suggested. One of them is that as you go through your A-level syllabus, you might notice that some topics may actually align with what's expected in those very same entrance exams, giving you a head start in revision. Or even just simply asking your teachers for early insight and advice on how to prepare for these exams will show them that you're eager and ready to learn, which will also help with getting a good reference in the future. You see how these can snowball off each other? By starting early, time will always be on your side. And anyone will tell you that being naturally gifted can only get you so far and the most important determining factor on the quality of your preparation is always time. If you take a little bit longer to understand unfamiliar concepts, like some of us at Not So Ordinary, starting early and playing to your strengths will give you a huge boost in the long run. Okay, and that was our final point. So here's a quick summary because I'm definitely terrible at remembering things, but point number one, choose the right subjects. Point number two, A-level combinations, AKA, please don't do four A-levels. Please don't, I will come for you if you do. <laughs> point number three, internship slash work experience, highly recommend. Check out notsoordinary.com for a compilation of data on that, link is in bio. Point number four, research the best universities for your subject. And finally, point number five, revise for your exams early, especially those uni entrance exams. While you're hopefully on our website for those amazing opportunities, why not also subscribe to our podcast? It's free, and who doesn't like free stuff? We are currently available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and hopefully soon, Google Podcasts. Follow our social medias for updates on that. As always, please leave us a message if you feel like we've left anything out. Even a small suggestion. We'll be happy to update this episode to bring you the best up-to-date information. Next episode is called How to Destroy Your Exams. Probably should have started with that. That sounds way more interesting. Oh well. All the more reason to see you next time, I guess. Until then, stay extraordinary. <laughs>